All right, so let's, uh, let's look down here. We're in uh, uh, John chapter 10. If you're just joining us for the first Wednesday night, uh, we have been dealing with world religions. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the more we know about how other people are thinking, uh, the more possibility of reaching them for Jesus Christ. So tonight, we're going to put three in one. And I don't think we're going to be that long, but we're going to deal with Buddhism. And then we're going to deal with uh, Hinduism. And then we're going to deal with the religion called Sikh. And so we'll try to show some pictures and, and things like that as well. So we'll look at several passages. And then in your Bible study, there's some blanks. We'll help you fill in. I was at a 7-Eleven today. I was soul winning up in Fairfield. By the way, I met a lady and she had two kids. And uh, I said, you grew up in Fairfield? You never rode our bus to church? She said, I saw it, but my parents never wanted me to be kidnapped. I said, well, well, well we hadn't kidnapped anybody in a long time. And so we were cutting up and and so just, just some real good things. Uh, I knocked a set of apartments. Everyone spoke, no one spoke English. And a lady finally opened the door and she said, hi, can I help you? I said, what are you doing here? And, and that's what I said. She goes, it's a good deal in these apartments. And that's what she said. So here we are. We're in uh, John chapter 10. We're going to look at three verses. And uh, this will be the, the basis for, for some of this study here. So John chapter number 10 and you say, Pastor, why, why is this going to be short? Because um, these, these three religions are extremely complicated. And there are, there are so many things. We're just going to give you the basics so at least you won't mix them up and you'll feel good about that. John chapter 10, Jesus is speaking about he is the good shepherd. We're the sheep. We're lost. He comes to find us. In chapter number 10... Of John in verse number eight, he says, All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might, uh, might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. What a great verse. He is referring to religious leaders that came before him. He's saying all those others who are teaching something beside who I am are thieves and robbers. And so he's referring to some of these false teachers. Then with that also, let's look at 2 Timothy just for a moment. Then we're going to buzz through these blanks. So just kind of hang in there. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Here it is. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I'm in the wrong place. Okay. All right. Here we go. How about 1 Timothy chapter 2? Let's try that. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 5. Notice what he says here. For there is one God... And one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but one God. There is one God. He emphasizes that twice. And then let's look over in Hebrews. You say, how does all this tie together? You'll see it. But Hebrews chapter number 9. 
Hebrews chapter number 9 and looking down into verse number 27. Hebrews 9 and verse 27. And he says here, as it is appointed unto men, how many times to die? Once to die, but after this, the judgment. So notice that little phrase, once to die. Once to die. Father, bless now the brief time we have in Jesus' name. Amen. Buddhism. Do we have that picture here? All right. We're going to shoot it up just a minute. We have it coming pretty soon. Okay, just a minute. Okay, well, let me give you some of the blanks here. Often it is called Zen Buddhism. Zen Buddhism. We had one of our political leaders in the state of California that actually was a part of this. Anybody remember his name? Last name is Brown. Uh, Anyway, uh, but Zen. And so some people will actually say, I practice Zen. But really it's Zen Buddhism. It's a form of Buddhism. The founder would try to say his name. Siddhartha Gautama. He was in Nepal in the Himalayan mountains. And that's the actual name of who we would call Buddha. Buddha is a description. It was never his real name. Okay, we have that picture yet? Is it coming? Okay, it'll be coming. Good. Buddha's not always on time anyway. Uh, Next, Buddha means enlightened one. Enlightened one. So the impression is... I was asleep and something has happened. Now I'm awake. I'm now enlightened. I was in darkness and now, quote, I see the light. And so that's what the word Buddha means. He was supposedly enlightened with the truth. Now he understood. Let's keep going here. Ephesians chapter 2. And I just want to read it to you. It's in your notes there. But uh, notice what it says here about that thing of enlightenment. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1. Here's what the Bible says. Here it is. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So guess what happens? The moment we got saved, we got enlightened. We didn't have to search for it. We didn't have to go looking for it. The lights turned on the moment we got saved. God says we were dead and trespasses and sin, and then he has quickened or made us alive. Notice, very little here in your notes is known of Buddha's life. He was born the son of a king. So as you study Buddha, so what did he do? Where did he live? What do we know about him? Very little. But I thank God that when Jesus' life was printed in the Gospels, we know a lot about Jesus. We know who his father was up in heaven. We know who his earthly mother was. We know where he was born. Uh, that's not Jesus. You know, obviously that's Buddha. But that's, that's, that's the Buddha statue we would see. Sometimes you'll see the female version. Uh, but oftentimes, Buddha's smiling. It's a smiling Buddha. Uh, you know, there's the little statues. There's the big shrines. But that's normally what we would think of when we think of the Buddhist religion. Let's keep going. Son of a king. Uh, Next, he ventured out of the palace to see, and the blank is, the suffering. So that's where Buddha, quote, started his journey. He lived in the palace around all the rich, and he took a journey to get around the suffering people, the poor, 
those who were suffering. So Buddhism deals much with suffering. Uh, and uh, we'll look at that in just a moment. How long did he wander? Here's the blank. He wandered seven years until he found the bow tree or the wisdom tree. He sat under some tree and he found what he was looking for. That's how the story goes. He practiced a life of self-denial. He did away with a lot of things, did not participate in some things. He meditated in a lotus position. You'll see a lot of those Buddha statues where they're kind of in that type of position or uh, they're, they're meditating. Uh, if you meet Buddhists, a lot of times they'll say, I don't go to church. I, I meditate at home. I practice Buddhism at home. And that's what they do. Uh, quickly, supposedly he had a vision. He shared it. That's how, that, uh, I, uh, that's how his religion spread. He preached 40 years. That's the blank. So he traveled all around Nepal. Uh, he traveled around the uh, Himalayans teaching. Next, he taught reincarnation. See, scripture says we die one time. We don't die and then born and die and then we're born and then we're a plant and then we uh, die and then we're an animal and then we die thousands and millions of times. Someone asked, how many reincarnations do you have to do until you reach the permanent one? Somehow on the internet, they came up with the number 8,400,000. That's a lot of death and that's a lot of birth. And so he believed in reincarnation. The reference there, Luke 16, you can read it, is that chapter of Lazarus. He dies, the Bible says, and the angels carried him to Abraham's bosom or heaven. Said the rich man died and in hell. So scripture says one fellow died, went to heaven. One fellow died, went to hell. Nothing about coming back as another creature or as another person. Who you are is who you will be for all eternity, except you'll have an upgraded version. Uh, you'll be in a perfect body, a body that never cries, a body that uh, never has a pimple, a body where you don't have to spend all your money on that hair dye or hair implants or caulking. No, they don't call it caulking. I think they call it makeup or something. Uh, for all the wrinkles, it's going to be a perfect body. God makes no junk. Up in heaven, no aging. No aging. People have been looking for the fountain of youth for years. They're never going to find it. The fountain of youth is up in heaven. That's the river of life. And so we see Buddhism. Inner peace was his goal. It is called, just to give you a working vocabulary, Nirvana. Nirvana. I'm seeking for nirvana, which means inner peace. And so every time they get reincarnated and coming back, closer and closer and closer to finding that inner peace. Well, here's what the book of Romans says. He is our peace. We don't have to seek for it. Don't have to be reincarnated for it. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. And we don't have to search for him. He's searching for us. And so Buddhist monks shave their heads. They wear orange robes. And so in some countries you will see them. You'll see them in Cambodia. You'll see some maybe in Los Angeles, some of the big cities. Uh, who's ever seen a Buddhist monk in person? Some of you have. Yeah, in China, a lot of those places. 
And you'll see here, uh, this, this religion is practiced uh, mostly in Burma, Cambodia, uh, uh, Mongolia, Thailand, Laos, China, Japan, Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan, Vietnam, India, South Korea, Sri Lanka. That's where much of the Buddhism will be. We have some here. Uh, I'll meet people and uh, they'll say, you know, I practice Buddhism and that's, uh, and that's just what I do. So that nirvana, that's, that's what they're seeking. Now, something interesting, uh, they use something called prayer wheels. And there'll be these cylinders with these carvings on them and they'll spin them and they represent almost like a Catholic rosary where you would repeat prayers. It's, it's a ritual, it's a mantra, it's something they keep repeating. And get this, so Buddhism even weaseled itself into some Christian songs. You ever hear this? Well, let's just have a little talk with Jesus. Jesus, tell him all about our trouble. When you see those prayer wheels turning, that's Buddhism. That's why we don't sing that song here anymore. So somehow someone just stuck that right in that Christian stuff. When you see a little prayer wheel turn, the prayer wheels, it's Buddhism. Interesting. Okay, so go burn your prayer wheels. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Then in the book of Matthew, here's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 7. He says this. He says, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. God does not want us to take a little phrase, repeat it. Hail Mary, full of grace. Our Father, which art in heaven, help. He, he wants us to pray from our hearts, not a memorized, same old prayer, prayer number 32. He, he wants it heartfelt. And so here's Buddhism has these prayer wheels. Now next, uh, let's show some of these pictures here. The next one is going to be Hinduism. Let's see if we can get some of these. You've, you've seen these pictures. Maybe if, as you've been out soul winning, you'll see some and you'll say... Well, you know, why the elephant head? Probably because so, so many are in India. They've got the elephants there. And then, but you'll see just a lot of different forms. And you keep going. And they have a lot of different names. Next. It's kind of frozen. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. That's kind of creepy just having her look over my shoulder, to be honest. So in the book of Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 4, you'll see a lot of the Hindu, um, Hindu statues and idols. But here's what it says in Exodus 20 verse 4. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the water. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. So God is always against idols. Always. Sometimes people will visit our church who are used to going to churches that have a lot of statues on the walls. They've got uh, crosses. Jesus is nailed to the cross. And they've got saints. And then they've got uh, all sorts of statues. Um, God is so big, you can't put him into a statue. He would rather no statue and us imagine how great he is. A statue minimizes God into a piece of wood 
or a piece of clay. And God hates idolatry and worshiping idols. Where does the word Hindu come from? They believe probably the religion's name came from a Persian river that's called the Indus River, where they get Hindu, Indus River. Their oral traditions are written and called, they have them in a book called the Vedas, V-E-D-A-S, Vedas. That would be their book. They have a book. How many gods do they worship? Millions. Here's their thought. Everything is divine. So that means, well, like in America, we'd have a president, we'd have a Supreme Court, we'd have Congress, but then you'd have owners of factories, and the owners would have a job, then the factory workers would have a job, and steamboat captains, and then the crew, then you'd have airport workers. Everyone has a different job. They believe there's millions of gods. They all have a different job. One makes the sun rise. One makes the planet spin. One makes the birds migrate. One makes the salmon swim upstream. Millions of gods for millions of tasks. That's what they believe. Deuteronomy 6.4, God says, I, the Lord thy God, I'm one Lord. God is not millions of gods. He is one God. They use this word often, karma. And you'll hear that word a lot in California. I never even heard the word until I came out here. So, well, it's, it's good karma. It's, I got some bad karma going on. That word karma, they, they use to talk about reaping. You know, if you do good things, good things are going to come to you. Well, that's Bible. You, know, you reap what you sow. You do bad things to people and people are going to do bad things to you. That's Bible. And so that word karma would simply refer to, to the reaping process. Next, they also believe in reincarnation. Cows are holy. Oftentimes they believe since cows give, cows give milk and cows give nourishment, they feel like they're holy and sometimes they are reincarnated relatives. So that's why sometimes you'll see at the Ganges River, you'll see all these shallow graves of people that have died. Some have starved, but they won't kill the cows. So here's all this food walking around. And in some cases, they won't kill the rats that are destroying the grain because of false teaching. False teaching leads to bondage. And God says, no creature is unclean. And he told that to Simon Peter. It's not a sin to eat meat. It's not a sin to eat vegetables and the fruits and so forth. Number next, Krishna is the god Vishnu. So they have a couple different names for their major gods. Krishna, with a K right there, is the god Vishnu. We still stuck on this one here? Justin, did you just like this picture and you said, don't take it off? Is that, is, is that the problem? Okay. Okay, let's find out. How many old timers at some time you listened a good bit to the old rock group called the Beatles? Any Beatle fans here? Okay. There was a song they wrote years ago. And just to show how deceptive things were, they said, oh, the Beatles got saved. They wrote a Christian song. And it was called My Sweet Lord. 
my sweet Lord, my sweet Lord. And in the background, it was Harry Krishna, my sweet Lord, Harry Krishna. They were chanting and worshiping the Hindu god, Krishna. Interesting how that just kind of creeps in there, huh? And I think that was right about the time they came out with Lucy in the sky with diamonds, L-S-D. And that's about the time Simon and Garfunkel came out with Bridge Over Troubled Water. What a great religious song. Sail on, Silver Girl. Injection Needle. And just a lot of subtle things came in right there. But many of these rock and rollers had tried everything in the world. All these drugs. Then they started reaching out. They were so empty to Eastern religions. To see if maybe they could teach them how to find real peace. Let's keep going here. TM or transcendental meditation is practice in Hinduism. Next, many concepts of God. All existence is divine. A snail is God. The plant is God. That tree is God. Everything living is God. Countries that practice it much is practiced much in India, Nepal, Bangladesh, Indonesia, Pakistan, Sri Lanka. Quickly here, just to kind of let you know, sometimes you'll see women, not as much here, but foreign countries and uh, as you travel in international airports, you'll see women with these shawls on and they'll have the dot on their head. You ever wonder what that is? It's called a bindi, kind of like a bindi straw, a bindi. And it simply means I'm a Hindu woman and I'm married. That's what that means. So you don't embarrass yourself. You're married? No, no, no dot here. No, I'm not married. And so that's, it's a tradition for them. Next, of course, the sacredness of the cow. They actually believe that the cow is associated with Mother Earth, Earth worship. So here's all these things that go with the Hindus. So you'll see all these statues and you'll see all these uh, different, different, different gods that they're worshiping. And then let's end up on the last one here. And I hope you're getting a few things here. You know, they are different. Um, at least if you're knocking on a door or witnessing to someone, you see a Buddhist statue, at least you have a little head start of maybe where they're coming from. Number next, and then we have what's called the Sikh religion. Uh, it's easy to, to mispronounce it and call them sheiks. A sheik is a guy with a sword in a Disney movie. And that's probably what a sheik is. But it's actually pronounced Sikh. Like someone is ill, sick. And so it's, uh, 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 there's a spelling, S-I-K-H. It's pronounced sick, the sick religion. They're known for this, uncut hair and turbans. So if you've ever seen anyone in Napa or in an airport, they've got a turban on, they're not Muslim. And they're not Hindu. 99% of those people they're sick. They're in the Sikh religion. It was started in northern India. That's where it all began. Next, they believe in one God. They emphasize prayer and honest work. They're pretty peaceful people. 
there's a lot of them that live up toward Redding, California. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, we're starting to get some pictures here now. So that would be the headdress of someone in the Sikh religion. We have another one here. Okay, okay. That's me. I've now converted. And so I had to wear that uh, when my wife was hospitalized all those weeks. She was in ICU and I'm in the waiting room. I may have just told this once. So I'm in the waiting room all those days and there's all these sick men that are congregating. They're holding hands and, and they're praying and hugging and weeping. And I went up to them and I said, can I help you? What's, what's going on? And the man said, my wife is here. She's dying of cancer. She's dwindled away to nothing. We're all coming. They said there's nothing they can do for her. Then the women were there. It was probably 15 or 20 in the waiting room. And so we held hands. I just had prayer for her. A few hours later, they said, would you come to her room and pray for her? And I said, I will. She couldn't understand anything I said. When in the room, we held hands, we prayed. Just begged God to help her. Came back the next day. They all assembled. They said she just passed away in the night. But there was a bond there. Because he knew my wife was in there. You know, so we felt a lot of the same stuff. And I gave him my phone number. He called me a month later. He said, we're having my wife's funeral. Could you come? I felt what an honor. I don't even know these people. He said, I'd like you to say something at the funeral. I said, okay. He said, I'm going to give you about five minutes. So I get to the funeral and it's like me and 200 of them. And two guys that look like leaders came out. They opened these big books and they just chanted for two hours. And then he would say, it was kind of repeat. It was just two hours. I thought this could be long. And then people started coming up and saying things. Then the husband came up and he said, he told me earlier, he said, he said, it's offensive if you don't have a head covering. We have an extra one if you wouldn't mind wearing it. I said, okay. Oh, the head was blue. So, you know, there I am. So I put that on. So then he came up and he said, Pastor Mike was at the hospital the same time we were there. He prayed for my wife. I've asked him to come and say something from the Holy Bible. Stood up, thanked him. Jesus Christ, God himself, said these words. Let not your heart be troubled. You know, so I quoted some scripture and just gave the gospel just real simple because I didn't have a lot of time. But I felt what an honor. Sat back down, had people hugging me afterwards. There was a bond there. There was a bond. 
You know, all these people just need to be reached with the gospel. You know, we can say, well, someone needs to go to India to reach them. Maybe we need to reach the ones from India that God's already sent us here. Some of the folks who don't have legal papers to be in Napa, maybe they're here for us to reach, huh? Sure is a lot cheaper than us moving there. So they're not Muslim. They're not Hindu. They do believe in reincarnation. They do not drink alcohol or use illegal drugs. They're a very close community. Is there anything else, Paul? Anything else? Is there a video or anything else? Okay, here's part of this. So the men don't cut their hair and they just keep it all wrapped up under those turbans and usually they're growing a long beard. Very close people. And God died for them on the cross as well. And he loves them just as much as us. Here's all these groups of people. They're Buddhists because they were raised that way for the most part. Hindu, sick, they were raised that way. Let's have a heart tender to reach these people with the gospel. Who knows who you may meet this week after hearing something tonight. I hope that you will.